This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. I'm Scott Evans. Uh, he is Nick Lawson. What's going on, man? I'm just headbanging to the music. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, man. Baseball is officially back. Uh, it was on my TV tonight, and it was the Reds playing a different team than the Reds. So I, I'm all pumped up. Of course, we're, we're taping this uh, the Tuesday night after the uh, exhibition game. And lots of cool things I think we should talk about from the game I'm excited about. A couple of things that uh, I'm going to say is kind of disappointing, but not uh, not surprising. So uh, just from the fan experience uh, watching it on uh, TV, we'll talk about that. Also this week, we're going to break down uh, the roster, our roster predictions and lineup for uh, opening day. Uh, The DH is really throwing me off on that one. I love it. And then uh, also uh, we'll uh, have a Reds trivia question. And uh, if you have questions, uh, you can always hit us up in our Facebook group, Reds Fans Chatter, or uh, you can always uh, tweet us. We'll get the, the Twitter at the end of the show. And um, so, so excited <laughs> about the season. We'll start off about talking about the game because uh, lots of things that I, I found interesting about the game Uh, Not just the game itself, but how everything was staged. And uh, I I guess first we'll go, it it was a Reds win. Yeah, Reds won 9-7. In a full nine innings, even though they didn't have to play the bottom of the ninth. No, they didn't have to at all. The game was over at at that point, but, you know, a Tiger reliever needed his work, which is fine. You know, it's an exhibition game. You know, let him have it. Right. And, uh, well, I was watching a Yankee, I think it was either Yankees and Phillies or Angels and Padres. Uh, I had them both on in the background the last couple of nights. Anyway, one of those games, uh, they just decided middle of the inning that, okay, uh, we're going to switch sides and go to the bottom of the bottom of the inning, even though there was less than three outs. Yeah, that that's kind of unique, I guess, you know, which way you want to look at it, but, the, you know. Yeah, I think they just wanted to make sure they got the work in and uh, wanted to – I don't know if they were out of pitchers on the one side or they just decided, okay, let's just switch sides and get this over with. Uh, but it threw the announcers off, but they, they kind of took it in stride. I think they missed a commercial break from it. Well, they'll, they'll pay for that later, but, uh, you know. <laughs> What can you do? Right, but uh, some things I noticed about the game. Uh, I one thing uh, the the I knew that was coming, but the mascots were there. I liked how they had them out in the uh, river riverboat uh, deck, away from the players, uh, and then uh, they were out celebrating between innings. Uh, they had the flags like they usually run on the field. This time they ran with them up on top of the deck. I mean, it's, it's not perfect, but it, it did add a little bit of fun on the uh, TV broadcast. Yeah, it's nice to see them out there, but I mean, it's weird not having fans. Uh, something to get used to for sixty right. games. Well, I, I was watching a little bit of Taiwan baseball during uh, the uh, beginning of the uh, shutdown in the United States on uh, Twitter, and they actually had cheerleaders, which was even more bizarre. Uh, they also had robots and uh, cardboard cutouts, so which I saw the Mets do uh, up in New York, which was interesting. And then the uh, speaking of. You know, not the fans being there. I'm I'm kind of split on the uh, crowd noise. Yeah, I am too. Uh, it, it just seems like, I mean, when they were doing the the inner squads, they had to like they were doing it different areas where the crowd would really get loud on a strikeout or a hit or something like that. This one was just complete just 
like crowd talking noise. Right, right. I, I think he got up a little bit on a few plays, but uh, it was weird because I was watching on uh, or was listening on the radio on the way uh, home tonight, and uh, it sounded much louder. It almost sounded like a playoff atmosphere there. And then uh, when I got home, turned it on TV, even though it was the radio feed, uh, at least through MLB.tv, it, it, the, the crowd noise was kind of uh, not as sweet. It was a little bit uh, laid back, kind of like you said. It just sounded like people were talking uh, routine fly balls. But, uh, I mean, even on the home runs, they didn't get excited. I was very happy that they are shooting fireworks off after home runs. Yeah, I guess there's somebody you know outside the stadium at least look at those. <laughs> I do wish they would do, and maybe they will. Um, it, it seemed like they weren't doing like the scoreboard home run or – uh, the sound that goes with the home run. I don't know if they couldn't do that, and that with keep they should be able to do that and keep the uh, fake crowd noise going. But uh, that would have seemed to add a little bit more excitement uh, at home watching uh, just with the stadium graphics as the guy runs around the uh, bases. Um, and then the other thing that I found interesting were the players sitting in the stands. Yeah, asshole, Luis Castillo. <laughs> he looks like he—he—I he, don't know if he looks like a monk or something with his he has jacket on his head or a towel or something, but uh, it's a different different feel when you see you know players in the stands or coaches or whatever. But I mean, this right. is a good opportunity to get some good camera angles from the stands. Right. Well, I, I, that's the other thing I noticed the cameras because uh, usually they're down in the uh, camera wells, and this time they were up actually in the aisleways because uh, just making room for the players to. Uh, Social distance more. I th really think it's probably not as. I think that's probably a little bit of overkill on the uh, on the social distancing since everybody in the stadiums getting tested. Uh, it, that reduces the risk of spread so much more. But I can still understand baseball taking extra precautions, especially with uh, the way cases are around the country right now. So maybe they'll maybe they'll reduce that. We can get a little bit more normalcy. But uh, I think the players wanted to make sure they had extra precautions too. Well, plus you got some extra advertising now, all that space. Oh yeah. I, mean, I think that, I, mean, <laughs> I know the Reds, Phil Castellini's was saying he was hoping that uh, fans could come back in this year, but the way it's set up now, I, I really can't see that happening unless uh, everybody's in the upper deck. Yeah. I think right now the NFL is probably going that direction with no fans as well. I know it's the Jets and Giants are not going to do it. Right. Well, I don't think the uh, pol the political people up there are being a little bit more strict on uh, people's movements, uh, so to speak. But uh, the uh, it's going to be really interesting, really tough to do. I, the, the one thing is this inside the stadium, because I've seen some NASCAR events where they've had people spread out. I know some minor league teams are uh, doing 50% capacity, even in Georgia where cases are going up, and they haven't had any major problems with that. Uh, but uh, the one thing is, especially with uh, NFL games and even baseball games, especially like in Milwaukee and even with the Reds with the Banks uh, area, is uh, you can control what people do inside the stadium for the most part and, and keep everybody distant and uh, masked up and, and everything. But uh, you can't really control what they do before they get into the ballpark. So if they're going to be partying over at the Holy Grail, the Tin Roof, or any of the other bars and restaurants, uh, at the banks area, uh, not that I don't want them to get business down there, but, uh, if, if you 
go 50% capacity or even 25% capacity, that's still 10 to 20,000 people. Yeah. And uh, even, I, I, could, even, I could see why, too. I could yeah. see why that could be a problem. I mean, even if you went down to 2,000 people, uh, you still have a lot of people that could be uh, congregating. Yeah. Uh, at the at the bank, so uh, it, it's gonna. I I just don't see it happening. Maybe in September, if if everything goes well. But uh, right now, I I'm just happy to see baseball on the screen and uh, the the play on the field was uh, very good too. Lots and lots of home runs. Yeah, the Reds today hit uh, hit four of their own. Galvis, Barnhart, Akiyama, and Eugenio uh, I- Suarez hit one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that went upper deck. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was crazy. A lot of home runs on the other side. Former Red Brandon Dixon uh, hit yeah. a home run. I was half that was in the uh, top of the ninth, uh, right before they did the fake bottom of the ninth. Yeah, he hit it right the batter's eye. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was around four hundred five. If I'm not mistaken, center straightaway center field. Right. But I mean. Uh, Nick Lodolo looked really bad. Yeah, but I mean, he's only pitched like I don't even think he's had twenty innings in uh, in minor league baseball. That was down at the uh, single A level. Yeah, he pitched I think eighteen innings at A ball. Right. So that's it. He was he has a really good fastball, but uh, at the major league level, they can hit a really good fastball if it's not well located. Yeah, he was uh, locating them pretty good for the Tiger hitters, and they were, uh, they were lighting him up. Back-to-back-to-back to back to back home runs in the second inning. Right. Ho- hopefully uh, he adjusts, unlike uh, Robert Stevenson did when he was going to be the, the top-end starter. Of course, Robert became a little bit better in the bullpen later on in the last couple of years, but uh, he was supposed to be the uh, the next big thing, like a Hunter Green or uh, Nick Lodote. I'm going to butcher his name the rest of his career. <laughs> But uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But hopefully, uh, he'll take this as a learning lesson and not uh, and not get too discouraged uh, by the uh, <laughs> the shelling that the Tigers put on him. Yeah, I think he, it's a learning experience, and he got some some experience out there pitching against a, a major league team. So I think that's something he'll, he'll go back to the, the drawing board and work on some some more, maybe some change ups, and maybe. Maybe break out his his fastball outside to play a little, <laughs> little bit more. Oh, so anything else from this game that we could take notes from? Iglesias, uh, 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 that kind of concerned me that he did give up the home run at the end. I mean, it's only an exhibition game, but that's been kind of uh, his mo uh, from last year on, even through uh, the uh, first spring training. Yeah, I mean. That guy is like Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to his pitching. Like last year, he was he was bad. He was bad last year. Getting getting a safe situation, he blew. I think he blew a lot of saves. I don't know how many offhand, but he didn't look good last year. Just besides giving up the home run to Dixon tonight, he he walked a batter as well. I'm sorry, he did not walk a batter. That was Strope. Uh, he did strike out the side, so right. that's 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 kind of encouraging as well. Yeah, it is just an exhibition game. But I, if I remember right, in Phoenix. Uh, he was giving up a bunch of a uh, bunch of home runs as well, and then um, and then I think even in the inter squad games uh, he was giving up a couple of home runs. Yeah, of course. So did yeah. Trevor Bauer. So <laughs> yeah, I like, Trevor Bauer knows he's not going anywhere. So I right. think he, he didn't care. Right. Well, and he was probably working on stuff and and just yeah. playing around inside the inter squad games. 
Um, well, I mean, the bull, the bullpen looked good. Carpenter looked good. Garrett Thornburg looked good. Nate Jones, who made the team, is right. is, uh, is looking good as well. So I think in Strope, he did walk a batter, but he, he did good as well. So let's uh, take a look at some of the news uh, going on in baseball and then the Reds. Of course, COVID-19 update. Uh, it was fun watching some of the players wear masks during the game. I think I saw Suarez have it on and while he was uh, fielding, but uh, not hitting. His, his mask is cool. Yeah, it is. And uh, I know uh, some players uh, for the Yankees were wearing it, hitting home runs. D.D. Gregorius for the Phillies hit a home run wearing a mask. So I, I think the bottom line is, I mean, it's coming from everybody now. Just wear the mask. It, it could help. And uh, it, it doesn't do any harm. And uh, if they can if they can wear it playing, unless you have some type of uh, medical reason with a doctor's note, there's really no reason not to wear a mask. Right. I mean, even the president said today in a press conference to wear the mask. So right. I mean, if, if he's wearing it, then I think it, it's, it's helping bring the numbers down. That's the whole point. Yep. Uh, the other COVID uh, big news as far as in baseball, Buster Posey uh, opted out. Yes, he did. Um, he was one of many. He actually was like in the middle of that when it started to happen. Right. He's, he has a newborn kid, I believe. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. He's got a baby on the way, so he's kind of weighing his options too. And then for uh, Reds news, uh, they didn't opt out, but uh, the Reds – well, Derek Dietrich kind of opted out, but not for COVID. <laughs> he asked no. for his release. Yeah, he asked for his release. He wasn't going to make the team. And uh, kind of sadly because, you know, I, we all liked him here, and, and he was very entertaining when he wasn't playing. Right, but evidently, I think he probably has a filler out to where he's going to get an offer from another team to possibly, uh, maybe not an everyday player, but at least be on the uh, 30-man to 26-man roster. Yeah, I'm sure he'll land somewhere. And then the other release, uh, which I kind of hate because he's a really cool guy, but uh, after last year, he never he kind of lost it last year and never really gained it back. And with the outfield situation for the Reds, there was absolutely no place for him, even up in Prasco. And that would be uh, Scott Shebler. Yeah, Scott. Scott ran some issues when you know beginning of the season last year. He was really struggling, and he went down to AAA and he played a little bit there, and then he got hurt and had to have surgery, and he he missed the rest of the year. So this was his comeback season, and unfortunately, the outfield is so flooded right now. He just was an odd man out, and he didn't have any options left, and it was uh, it was time for him to go. Yeah, some scary uh, scary news that turned out not to be too bad uh, earlier in the w- week or in the last seven days. Uh, Castellanos got hit by a ball on his spine, which absolutely sounds horrific and probably felt even worse. Uh, <sighs> but uh, he said he was ready to go for opening day, was in the game tonight, uh, looked really good. He did look good. He got a hit there in the, in the bottom of the ninth inning after the game was over. But And, uh, he, and, uh, and defensively, he looked good. Defensively, he looked pretty solid. Um, there was one ball that was over his head. It kind of ricocheted off the wall funny, and he didn't play it very well. But he, it did look pretty solid in the field. And uh, any no- notes from the, the other scrimmages the past week? Um, we have, well, I want to mention Mark Payton got, uh, returned as a, he's a rule five player oh, he yeah. to Oakland back to the Oakland A's, unfortunately, 
Um, he didn't make the team, that, so he had to go back. That kind of surprised me, but it also, with all the other signings and the crowded outfield, it kind of surprised me that they, they uh, picked him up anyway. Yeah, I did too. I think they actually had uh, – was it Nick Martini or something like that, whatever his name is. They had him uh, back right. in February, and he got returned. I think he was in Oakland as well. But no, he, he actually went back. And uh, I think he's an outfitter as well, and he just it just became too clustered at the time, and they still he had he still right. had this, all this cluster with Peyton, so he was an odd man out as well. Right. Um. But yeah, so from the other scrimmages, I know there's a lot of things that went on look very promising for the year. Uh, the July fifteenth scrimmage. Um, I, I know you checked that out. What was going on with that? Uh, that was, uh, I think Castellanos had a walk-off on that one off of, uh, I can't remember who was pitching, but it was a nice walk-off home run for a opposite field shot, and it was a pretty good shot, and he enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping his bat, threw his bat, his arms up in the air. It was great. It was awesome to watch. Uh, July 16th game, any uh, any notes from that game? Uh, the 16th or the 19th, I actually accidentally deleted all the notes I had. But oh, those, okay. <laughs> those games, those games were fun to watch. <laughs> games were fun to watch, absolutely. They were fun to watch. Yeah, let's see. Uh, the other thing is, uh, Barnhart had a home run on the 18th on the game on the 18th. Uh, Biddle gave up three walks. Uh, yeah. Matt, uh, Tyler Malley was the one who hit Castellanos on the uh, 17th. And uh, Davidson had two home runs in that game as well. Yeah, he did. Never those were monster blasts. And I, I'm really pulling for Matt Davidson to make the team. He hasn't officially made it yet. I, I kind of think, and we'll get into that uh, when we talk about our roster predictions, but I think uh, that the fact that Peyton was released today probably makes uh, room for him and and or Nate Jones on the 40-man roster. They have some other moves they're going to have to make if both of them make it. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll most likely finalize that neither tomorrow, Wednesday, or Thursday. I would say Thursday, just kind of how the Reds always do it with opening day. It seems like there's always that last-minute surprise. It'll be and they have another game with the Tigers tomorrow. Yeah, it'll probably be after that game or it'll be Thursday. Yeah, Dick Williams always seems to have a last-second surprise on the uh, opening day roster since he's uh, taken over as GM and now president of baseball operations. Yeah, he's, then, done a, he's done a fine job putting this team together. And then uh, with the Scott Shebler DFA, I can't re- remember just a couple of seconds ago if we mentioned that or not, but uh, Rayleigh was added to the 40-man. Brooks Rayleigh, is a, he's a story. He hadn't pitched in the majors in seven years. Um, he pitched in 2013, then he went to Japan for a couple of years, and then he was out of baseball. So this is his comeback right now, and he got roughed up in that July nineteenth uh, scrimmage game, if I do remember correctly. Yeah, they got roughed up, and then they added added him to the uh, to the roster. So I, I don't know if he'll make the thirty man or not. Uh, it, it seems like they must really like him, but uh, um, I, I could see him going back and forth to uh, Prasco. If he is a, if he is on the thirty man, he'll probably be the thirtieth. He'll probably be like Taylor Rainey when. When he was here, right, he would he was up and down, and he would give up a lot of runs, and he'd send him down, and eventually he got traded. So we'll see, we'll see how he does. He's a left-hander, so that might be a good good advantage for us. And it's hard to believe opening day is just a few days away. Oh yeah, it, I'm it's, I'm I, I, I am Pumped. too. 
It's going to be my first opening day that I have not attended since 2003, but uh, I'm not counting it as a gap in my opening day uh, streak because uh, no one could go. Unfortunately, we're, we're at that point. Yeah, the, the uh, Reds should do what WWE did with uh, WrestleMania and create a uh, opening day 2020 I was not there t-shirt. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> I, would, I would buy that. <laughs> But uh, in all seriousness, it looks, especially with the game tonight, uh, with, uh, I mean, the Reds, the Reds pitchers were not, for the most part, represented tonight in the game. That was more of their second string pitcher. So I'm not too worried about all the home runs that were given up. Very excited about the uh, home runs the, the Reds hitters had, especially the guys you wouldn't expect from it. So I think opening day is going to be another win this year. Opening day, I mean, it, it's traditional here. We got Sonny Gray on the mound, and they got Boyd on the mound. So it's going to be uh, – I still think it's going to be – Reds are going to hit a lot of home runs. <laughs> I mean, the Tigers – right. the Tigers showed me something tonight. They got – they do have hitters, and their pitching was pretty excellent up to, you know, the Reds started bombing them. But, right. Sonny Gray uh, I think does, it's, it's, you know. And Sonny Gray, at least last year, I don't believe gave up a lot of home runs. And a good sinker ball pitcher, so I, I think. And and it's not your typical opening day weather where it's going to be windy, breezy. It's going to be sunny in 88, 89 on, on uh, Friday. So it's going to be summertime weather. The ball could be flying because of that, but it's, it's going to be so much better for the, for the pitchers, especially keeping the ball down. So like you said, it could go either way. The Reds hopefully we'll hit more home runs than the Tigers and uh, maybe see some small ball as well. So I, I'm looking forward to this opening day. It's going to be, uh, I'm not going to say special, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, short season, lots of pressure on. I, I almost hope they lose tomorrow night's exhibition game because it's hard to beat a team uh, three days in a row. Yeah, even with an off day, I think you, uh, you're going to at least go out there and I mean, they're going to stay positive, and they're going to go out there and try their hardest, even though it is. Oh, exhibition. absolutely. I mean, then again, some, I think in some of their minds, they want to go sixty and zero. I would love that. That would be my. That's my ultimate prediction: sixty and zero. <laughs> my God, see sixty and zero. That would be fun, though. That that would be fun, but uh, no, it, it should be a good opening day. Uh, it's going to be a six ten start, um, and like you said, uh, Sonny Gray is going to be on the mound. Don't know the. Opening day lineup yet? Of course, Votto's going to be in it. Barnhart, Castianos, uh, Castianos, Mustakas. I, I, I don't know if they'll go with Winker as the DH or somebody else. So, it's they have lots of options this year. This is the deepest Reds team probably in the last twenty years. I mean, if if I'm making the lineup out, I'm not using Winker. I would probably use Matt Davidson if he makes the team. Right. It's another power bat. That's what. It's ultimately that's what you want a DH. You want a yeah. power bat. I mean, uh, David Bell's even, gonna... though, even even though I'm sorry, even though Winker hit homer tonight, I still I still say right. Davidson would be the better option. And, and David Bell's going to have a lot of chance to mix and match the lineups this year. I, I know that drives some people crazy, but uh, the DH added just gives him that much more flexibility with a much deeper bench than he had last year. Yeah, having thirty men is it's it's a big advantage if you can go fifteen and fifteen pitchers and, and fielders or sixteen and fourteen, fourteen, whatever. So you got that option of making you could have more hitters than, than pitchers. It really depends on what you do, what you're doing right now. Right. So that, that's like, right, like tonight, you didn't really need a bunch of hitters. You had them. 
So I'm going to go conservative. I'm going to say the Reds win five to two. Um, I'm going to go eight to two. Eight to two. <laughs> lots to two. of lots of home runs. I, I'm so hopefully that's what it is. We'll find out uh, Friday. So. Yep. Now it's time for the Reds trivia question of the day. You are two and one so far on the show. <sighs> and this one is an opening day themed question. What celebrity threw out the ceremonial first pitch for opening day 2006? Would that be Mark Mallory, would it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you really count that as a first pitch or not. It, it went way outside. Uh, that was just a bit outside, yes. Is that who you're going with? I'm going to go with Mark Mallory. I'm not sure if it was 2006, but I'm going to go with Mark Mallory. All right. We'll have the que- the answer to the question uh, later in the show. All right. Let's talk about the uh, roster this year. Of course, they're gonna. we were talking earlier. They're going to have to formalize that in the next couple of days. Uh, 30-man roster this year for opening day. Then two weeks later, it goes down to, I believe, 28 and then to 26, uh, I believe I have the time ro- timeline on that right. Uh, of course, with COVID-19, the shortened and split-ups uh, preseason that uh, Major League Baseball just wanted to make sure that, especially the pitchers, there was a lot of arms ready. And uh, heard the uh, Cowboy talking tonight, or, or Tommy Thrall, talking about how some teams may use their bullpen more, and the Reds are probably – positioned uh, depending on how well the starters do and how well they're stretched out to maybe conserve the bullpen, which uh, could be a huge advantage for the Reds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got it. I mean, that, this, this rotation still in my mind is the best rotation in the national league. I don't see the nationals being better and I don't see the Rays being better than the Reds. I don't care what anybody says. We have Greg Castillo, Bauer and Miley and Discafani. I mean, there's, those are all studs. All five right. of them are studs. And and I just don't see those other two ball clubs having the same or, or better than we have in the rotation. Even our bullpen, it's still up in the air, but I still think it's pretty decent. Right. So I, I made some predictions for the 30-man. Uh, I think I got 30 players. I know one of them is already not going to be on the team because he is no longer on the team, but uh, uh, we'll go through this. Now, for the starting lineup, uh, I had this as, and I didn't know where to put the DH, so uh, I put him, I put the DH in the pitcher spot, but uh, leading off, I think, will be Shogo. Yeah. I had him in right field. Uh, he can probably play all, all three positions. Uh, but I think most of the time, he's probably going to be in right. Looked pretty good out, out there. To, or is he in right or left? Tonight. He, he was, was in left. left. He was in left. He looked yeah. good out there. That's right, because Castellanos is in right. Uh, Vado first base, he'll bat second. Suarez will definitely bat third. He hammered the ball tonight. He did. Uh, that, home, that home run is just, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think was, was a shot. I think Moustakas will hit fourth. I think we talked about that last week. I don't know if you and then have Castellanos behind him. Then Sinzel, Galvis, Barnhart, and then the DH. I, I plugged in Winker, but like you said, it could be Matt Davidson. It, it may be a mixture of people depending on who's hot and the uh, tradition and the uh, matchups based on uh, previous uh, performance and matchups against the uh, opposing pitchers. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the infielders, uh, of course, the starters: Votto, Mustakas, Galvis, and Suarez. But I think Farmer's definitely on the team. Yeah, he's impressed me. 
He impressed me last year. He can play multiple positions. And, you know, people talk about how the Homer Bailey trade was a wash because Puig's not here. Matt Kemp didn't last more than two weeks, it seemed like. and <laughs> But uh, getting Kyle Farmer out of that deal, uh, even with all the other other issues, Alex Wood being injured most of the year last year, um, I, I, that that pays off. One one, uh, you, no one wanted to pay Homer Bailey twenty eight million dollars last year, or twenty five million dollars, or whatever it was. So, just getting rid of that salary, even if you're paying it to three or four other guys, was a win. And then he, uh, he wasn't he wasn't worth twenty seven bucks. <laughs> definitely I mean. not. I think the Royals even released him at one point last year, didn't they? Uh, they end up trading him to Oakland. Oh, traded, and that's right. Yeah. And I think you said he's with the Twins this year? He's in the Twins rotation this year. Awesome. I, I really hope when they come to town, uh, he faces us because uh, if he yeah. pitches the way he did here, granted he would have uh, some amazing moments sometimes, but uh, he would give up the uh, homer. He, that 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 goes that what I said before. When we play the Twins, it's going to be home run derby. <laughs> it's going to be a high scoring. I guarantee it. Now I do think Matt Davidson uh, will make the team. I, I don't know who they're going to drop to uh, make room for him on the forty man roster, but uh, he's had an excellent. I think he had an excellent spring, and then he carried that over to summer camp. Yeah, I know. Back in March, he was batting like three fifty or something like that, and and then he, and then he comes over and and in scrimmage games, he hits like two or three home runs. Right. Yeah, I think he's ready. I would love to see him tonight. He may see him tomorrow. To now, can they, now, can he play outfield, too? I know he's a first baseman by uh, by I nature. Think he, I think he's played first and third. That's all I know of. First and third, okay. So yeah. he, he would probably fall in the DH role then. Uh, I, I can't see Votto uh, getting too many days off this year, especially since he went, says he wants to play 162 games in a 60-game uh, season. I wish him all the best on that one. <laughs> and then uh, I, I do think Blandino is going to make the uh, opening day roster with it being a 30-man roster. Uh, Red seemed to really like him, and he's performed very well in the past uh, as long as he stays healthy. Uh, he's probably never going to be an everyday starter, especially now that Moustakis is on the team. But uh, uh, he, he can definitely uh, give Moustakis a day off or uh, fill in defensive substitution late in the game. Um well, he could play. He could play second, first, or third. Right, gives the Reds lots of options. It's it's so crazy that double switch isn't going to come into play this year. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're blowing somebody out, you know, takes a, take a Suarez out of the game and putting Farmer at third base. Right. Or even to Davidson or Blandino. Right. I mean, even Senzel could play third. He was a third baseman when they drafted him. Right. Uh, talk, speaking of the outfielders, uh, I have Shogo, Senzel, Castellanos, and Winker. And I do think Irvin and Van Meter will make the team unless they uh, take out uh, Van Meter uh, for the uh, uh, to make room for uh, Matt Davidson. That would be a tough one between Irvin and Van Meter. I don't think Irvin has any more. I don't think he's more options either. I think he's pretty much, you have to put him on the roster. Right. And it would be heartbreaking for Van Meter. He had a great season last year when he got called up. There's just really, he, there's just no room. Yeah, there's nowhere to put him. I mean, he's an outfielder and an infielder. Plus you got, you know, with Matt Davidson and then Kyle Farmer has been real impressive. So, I mean, it, it, it didn't look good for Van Meter. Yeah, yeah, like I said, he might make the 30-man, but he'll probably be one of the first to cut when they get back down to 26. 
Yeah, that's that's that sucks, and I and I feel bad for Tyler Stevenson as a catcher. Right. Dude, the Reds drafted a few years ago, and he's really caught on. No pun intended, but he's caught on. You know, and and to have three catchers, that would be hard to do with Bart Hart and Casale. Right, and really that gives you four catchers because uh, Farmer's also. Yeah. I think he's listed as a catcher. He's still listed as a catcher, and you know, he could play it all in the infield. And I haven't heard much from uh, Kirk Casale in this uh, summer camp for whatever reason. Uh, he's been kind of quiet, but he's, he's, uh, I guess he's just staying under the radar. (laughs) But I I know, uh, Tyler Stevenson had a lot of really good games. The Reds are really excited about him and thinking that he may make an impact on the team at some point this, uh, short season. I think it's possible. And you you could even like Barnhart was playing some first base last year and you could even kind of platoon him between first and catcher. Right. And and you know? t- and Tucker, even in a sixty-game season, uh, a catcher cannot or should not probably catch sixty games in a row, especially if you want him in the uh, in the postseason. So, I don't uh, even think Johnny Bench caught sixty games in a row. I think one. I think, I think there was one year that he's caught every almost every game, but uh, I think later in his life or later later in his career, he said that probably shortened his career by a couple of years. Yeah, well, trying to play him at third base wasn't a good idea either. <laughs> he was terrible at third base. You know, he played one game in center field, and I don't know exactly when, but that would be fun to watch. I would love to see the video of that. <laughs> <laughs> there probably was. It's probably because back in the day, not every game was videoed, so was, I, right. I forget which year. It's one of the one of the years in the seventies. Yeah, no, back in the seventies and eighties, base. You know, anytime you want to watch a Reds game, if you weren't there, you can watch it on Friday nights. <laughs> right. There was no Fox Sports Ohio back then. Not at all. Uh, of course, the starting rotation, this is probably the first year that in a long time that, uh, that we could say this. They definitely have the five starters nailed down. They may not know how they're going to use them because of the short season, but uh, it's definitely uh, Gray, Castillo, Bauer, Miley, and Disco. Uh, I know Bauer wants to pitch every four games. It was a 60-game season. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think having five starters with a sixty game season, I think it's gonna to be tough to have five starters. I think you're gonna to have to do four. But I don't know. I'm just kind of just right. snowballing, but you know, you never know how that's gonna go and, and you're not gonna have many days off. So uh I think I think a four man rotation would be better with a sixty game season. Right. I I think it's it may end up being a little bit of a mix where Bauer goes every four games, but the other guys, I, I don't know how they work that. That's uh, why I'm not a pitching coach. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be something to watch and see what happens in the next uh, week or so. And then for the bullpen, I think it's going to be Iglesias, Strope, Garrett, Lorenzen. Nate Jones is definitely going to make the team because they've announced that though. He's not on the 40 man roster. And then after him, it's kind of, I think they did announce that Cody Reed was going to make it. I saw yes. some other names today, and I forget who they are, so I may have left them off. But uh, Cody Reed, uh, I didn't see anything about Stevenson uh, for sure making the team or not. Uh, same thing with Sims and uh, Tyler Malley. And I'm scrolling to find my post from earlier. If I can, uh, they've added. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm trying to talk. They added Jankowski, Cody Reed, Van Meter, and Farmer have all been added. Oh, okay. Jankowski, Jankowski kind of surprised me, but uh, so that that probably even hurts. Uh, Van, did you say Van Meter did or did not make it? Uh, he has made it. He's been informed. Him and Farmer and Jankowski and Cody Reed all made the team. Oh, okay. 
That's via Mark Shelton. Right. So lots of outfielders. <laughs> yeah. We got a, a plethora of outfielders. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, overall, I think it's going to be a good team. Uh, lots of uh, lots of depth. Uh, yeah. Even even the guys at Prasco, <clears throat> if uh, there's any injuries or worst case scenario, a COVID um, a COVID scare. And I don't know what the pro the uh, I mean, does the entire team have to quarantine? I, I guess with everybody being tested, they'll just maybe just go one player at a time. Uh, have you uh, read how that's going to work if a player would, would happen to be test positive uh, after they've been uh, in camp or with the team? Um, I think because they test them every day um, before they even come in the ballpark. Um, I think it's basically they just get sent home or they get you know, pretty much just quarantined for the two weeks. Right. Uh, I don't know if it's going to affect everybody, but I know there's just that one player. That, I, mean, if, I mean, you may have more than one player a day. You know? Right. And they're going to have to quarantine, and, and that's unfortunately, that's where we're living right now. It right. Sucks. I mean, I I think I mentioned this last week. This, the scary part to me is not when they're at home because, I mean, they, they can pretty much live like we do. They go to work and then go yeah. back to their family. But when they're on the road, they're going to want to go to restaurants. They're going to want to, if they have uh, – Friends in that town, uh, they may want to see them. Uh, so it's going to have to be a little bit uh, more careful on the road. Uh, stick to the hotel, eat in the hotel, uh, order takeout or something along those lines. Uh, especially uh, especially uh, if you're going to a place that's a, that happens to be a hot spot, uh, Chicago uh, as an example, or uh, even uh, even Cleveland. Uh, I, think, uh, I think that's the one city that's still showing in Ohio uh, looks to be, it's not going up as much as it was the last few weeks, but it's not going down like Columbus or Cincinnati has been the last few days. I mean, we're, we're not like Florida. <laughs> they're they're 10,000 a day. Right. Well, they, they, but today they were down in cases, but the, unfortunately the deaths were up. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're seeing another peak. And I know the president today said, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, uh, but and then ask ask people to stay out of bars. Good luck with that, right? And then uh, so it, it's all crazy. There's and uh, hopefully hopefully it ends soon. I I know it's going to take a while for that to happen, but hopefully the players realize the seriousness of it. Uh, I, I think they do at least and weigh the risk of. You know, do I go out to to eat? Do I see uh, my friends in in the other town, or do I uh, just uh, keep myself kind of quarantined, maybe with my teammates uh, in the hotel on the on the road, and uh, make sure that you know protect my livelihood and and my teammates and my family at the same time. So I I, th- I think it's not going to be a huge problem, but uh, the, the the road trips scare me more than just playing at home the way they have. Well, I mean, even on the road trips, if you want food, you know, obviously they're going to eat. But, I mean, get room service. Right. Room service, DoorDash. You know, Um, that that stuff's available everywhere. Right. Instead of trying to go out to a bar or whatever and and, and risking your health and your teammates and your family, just order out. Right. I I mean, I'm planning on taking trips uh, while COVID's going on because it it could be here forever. Uh, But right now, especially the way it's going on, if I if I do go someplace, I, most likely I might eat in a restaurant. I would never go to a bar, 
uh, right now inside. And even even a restaurant, if it looked crowded, I'd be like, yeah, I'll go someplace else and and uh, and and try to try to stay find places to uh, to avoid crowds. Is pretty would be pretty much my uh, <laughs> my. Uh, my own personal that's what i do around here and hopefully the players do the same i, I think uh considering the few number of positive tests uh, after the testing's gotten ro- has been rolling on and after camps have started i think it's very encouraging yeah i, I think right now i mean the reds especially though they, they've had no cases since the whole thing started well with the exception of Derek Dietrich with such a Derek, with exception of him and I think there was one other player which I never found out who that was right um, but besides them so far even during the whole scrimmage and everything there's they've been pretty much doing their deed by wearing masks right. and social distancing and doing their part right and then uh, one, one piece of news we forgot to talk about earlier former red uh, Yasio Puig unfortunately he did get a positive test and it looks like it cost him a, a contract. Yeah, unfortunately, he was signed with the Braves, and then that's I think a couple of days later he found out he had COVID, and then the, the Braves nixed the deal. Um, and and while we're on Puig, let's make this perfectly clear: he's not coming back here. He's not coming back okay. here. There is no room for him, barring no something barring something disastrous. There is no room when you got six or seven, eight outfielders, but then you got guys in Mason right now that want to play on the outfield, right? Like Aquino, who had a great last end of the season he wants to play but obviously there's no room for him but Puig is not coming back here so let's drop it right and uh I've done my standing predictions I'll let you do yours after mine it may be the same but uh fifth place Pittsburgh yep (laughs) fourth (laughs) that's the easiest one fourth place the Brewers I think they've taken a little bit of a step back this season yeah I think their pitching is is not good uh, third place, the Cubs. There's an old saying: if you're not growing, you're you're falling back. And I think that kind of fits where they're at. They didn't really add anything in the off season. Uh, they didn't. I don't know if they really lost anything, but it's almost like the 2013 Reds, where uh, they kept on going with the same team from 2012, and it just didn't work because they didn't. They the red that season, the Reds didn't uh, add anything. And uh, paid for it uh, towards the end. Cost uh, Dusty Baker his job. Yeah, and and the Cubs, like you said, they really didn't add anybody. I mean, if they did, they probably added an arm in a bullpen or something. Right. Nothing, n- nothing major. And and uh, I think there's, uh, I don't think they've had any players opt out. Though I know there was a couple that were considering it. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody uh, that was opting out at any time soon. I mean, it's, but maybe that's. Maybe there's talk of that, but I don't know anybody offhand. Right. And then uh, second place, the Cardinals. Uh, I think I think they're going to be the team to watch, the team to beat uh, this year for the Reds. Uh, I think the Reds can do it. I think they have a better bolt, better uh, starting lineup, better starting pitchers. Uh, but the Cardinals are always a team to beat. It seems like very rarely do they have a bad year. Yeah, it's been a while since they've had a bad year. Um, They've been pretty stellar. Their pitching's been good. They've always had good hitters. They're aging. They got some players that are aging as well, like Molina, who I still hate. And uh, <laughs> Matt Carpenter's not getting any younger either. Please, Reds, do not use fake booze against Molina. <laughs> uh, yeah, please don't. It's <laughs> just gonna suck. And then for uh, my first place team, I do think the Reds are gonna win the Central. I know a lot of other. 
uh, media people and so-called experts are predicting the Reds to win. I think this is their chance. I think a 60-game season actually plays very favorable for this team. And uh, they just got to go out and do it. They cannot get out of the gate slow, though. Yeah, you, you, you can't slump coming out of the gate. You can't start 1-9 and nine, or you can't start 2-10 and 10, or whatever it is. You can't do that. You have to come out fighting. You have to come out and win it. It's the only way you're going to win this season. Right. So, uh, so I, I, I do think the Reds are going to win this division. I know you say that every year, so and I do yeah, too. I've been, I've been saying that since I was born. <laughs> We're going to win it this year. But I, I really do think this year they are going to win it. So it should be a fun season. Looking forward to opening day, and uh, it's it's going to be a fun, fun, fun year. There's one thing we did forget to do is this week in Reds history. Oh, I, I didn't know if you had anything, and I didn't see anything, but uh, I uh, do. Go ahead. Uh, this date in 1982, which we won't even talk about because oh, they sucked. Oh. The Reds are 24 games below 500 when they fired John McNamara. Well, he was a winner. And uh, <laughs> they replaced him with Russ Nixon, who was the third base coach at the time. He would win only 27 games, uh, the 70 left in, in the season. And the Reds would replace him with another uh, last place finish at the end of the following season. Right. Not a good memory. No. Sorry. <laughs> but it, it did lead to uh, Pete Rose coming back. It did. March shot brought Pete Rose back in 1984. So that was this week's uh, This Week in Reds history. And uh, <laughs> sorry for the call for hiccup. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's uh, get look back at the uh, trivia question. Uh, the question oh, yeah. was, what celebrity threw out the first pitch of the Reds opening day 2006? And you said... Mark Mallory. Mark Mallory did throw out a first pitch, but it was not in 2006. Uh, in 2006, it was George W. Bush, and I have a great story about this. So, uh, you know, the president, no matter who the president is, the Secret Service is going to protect them like crazy. Yep. And so, anyway, the Reds put out special news you had, or special rules. You had to be there. They open the gates four hours early. Uh, usually at the Reds, you can take any type of camera. They ask you, please, no telephoto lenses. So what does the guy sitting right behind me have? Telephoto lens. A telephoto lens. And uh, this is before they had the uh, riverboat deck out there. So on top of the uh, batter's eye, there was all these uh, Secret Service snipers with long guns pointed everywhere in the stadium. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, don't get me shot. Because <laughs> my, I mean, granted, they're not going to, if they were to shoot somebody, they're not going to shoot any, any fan in the stands. But, you know, it was still, still off of 9 11. So even heightened, even more heightened uh, security for the president. And uh, I'm like, you know, my luck, I would stand up at the wrong time. And <laughs> yeah. Oops. Uh, <laughs> just joking aside but at the same time i'm thinking like dude when the, when, they, when the president comes and they tell you not to bring a telephoto lens don't bring a telephoto lens no <laughs> but it's still really cool it was really cool to see the president uh throw out the first pitch uh um i saw cheney the year before and uh he got booed uh, i don't think george w did get booed uh but uh, it was it was still fun to see uh, people that uh, you know you just don't get to see that all the time. 
Uh, very rarely can you see a president, uh, no matter if you like their politics or not. Uh, it's still kind of cool to see the office. And uh, he threw a really good first pitch. Of course, George W. came from uh, came from baseball and used to former owner of the Rangers. So he was not a Mark Mallory. I, I don't think Donald Trump's ever thrown out a first pitch. Uh, Obama threw out very few, even though I think he was a little bit of a baseball fan. He was more of a basketball fan. He threw out some with the White Sox. Right. I, I was kind of disappointed. I was uh, The Reds had the uh, civil rights game back in 2009, and I was really hoping uh, he – I know the Reds invited him to uh, throw out the game. They were playing the White Sox. Maybe he didn't want to wear a Reds jacket for the game <laughs> to throw oh, it out. Man. Or I think he actually had something uh, something else that was going on at the time, uh, you know, world leader type stuff. But that, that would have been really cool to see him thrown out the – First pitch of the uh, civil rights game. Uh, of course, uh, it honored uh, Muhammad Ali, Hank Aaron, and uh, unfortunately, someone that turned out maybe not to be honor worthy. Uh, he's in jail right now in uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah, somebody goofed on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, back then, everybody's like, oh, he's, he's a great guy, PhD, and, and uh, great leader, great speaker. Uh, of course, he was TV's the TV dad of the '80s for everybody. Uh, but uh, the real he life, his, and the, he had his pudding pops. And the real life, <laughs> the real life uh, Bill Cosby, uh, unfortunately, it looks like uh, was not the man that we saw on TV. No, he turned out to be a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that does it for this week. Uh, next week, uh, we're gonna have a show uh, debut on Monday. We're gonna look back at opening day. And uh, take any of your questions. Uh, you can reach me at uh, Scott Evans on air on Twitter and also in our Reds fans uh, chatter Facebook group or the uh, real Cincinnati Reds fans uh, Facebook group. Or go send us some likes on our real fans, uh, Reds fans chatter Facebook page. Right. Uh, we need some likes there. You know, we always <laughs> like to see those thumbs up. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, now you can listen to us on Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn. I think someone even listened to us on Alexa. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool. And we got some – even our, our, Inter- our fans over and, and overseas, man. We love you. Absolutely. <laughs> so until next time, go Reds and hopefully a win for opening day. Yes, go Reds. <laughs>